Hello, hello, and welcome back to Lola Pops Off About Dramas with your host, Lola. Welcome, welcome back everyone to another episode. And as you can see by today's title, we'll be doing a Lola's Ramblings and Musings episode. And I'm going to specifically be doing something a little bit different (laughs) than what I've done in my previous years of this podcast. And I'm actually going to do a mid-year K-drama shout out episode. And that's kind of what I'm calling this Lola's Ramblings and Musings. I'm going over a few dramas that I really believe I didn't give a lot of attention to um, or things that I kind of mentioned in passing and never kind of went into any in-depth detail about, but I feel like deserved to be kind of highlighted again to let you guys know how I really felt about that drama. And there's some dramas that I let end, you know, come and go and I didn't even say anything about. So I just really wanted to take a second at this midpoint of the year and shout out a few K-dramas that I really want to um, highlight. And some of these dramas, I'm going to be honest, I've already highlighted (laughs) and I've already shouted them out and I've given them their own extensive episodes and all of that. But I want to shout them out again at this midpoint, just so everyone knows where I stand on them, because by the end of the year, I want to have this to kind of go back to and refer back to when I'm kind of recapping the entire year of K-dramas for me. So this Ramblings and Musings episode is a 2023 mid-year K-drama shout out. And I hope you guys like this episode. And if you guys do, let me know because I'll know to do something like this again in the future. But um, yeah, so let's go ahead and get started. I will say that I was kind of going over my list of dramas that I've watched so far this year. And this is at the point around July, (laughs) early July. And I am taking a look at just, just seeing out of all the dramas that I've watched and not dramas that I've you know started and dropped, but dramas that I've actually finished and gone all the way to the end, I'm only counting those. And I'm going over them and I'm trying to see some dramas that I feel like a lot of people didn't give it a chance or dramas that I feel like I mentioned in passing, but I really, really enjoyed or dramas that I just have to say I absolutely adored and love one more time for you guys to hear. <laughs> you may have already heard me, say how much I love this drama, but I want to say it again, you know, that kind of thing. And I think this is going to be uh, good for me, like I said, so that I can kind of go back to this episode at the end of the year and really have kind of my stance on a few dramas. Now, I will say that some of these dramas, a lot of you purposely didn't pick up. (laughs) And I understand that, but I'm still going to give you my kind of short and brief opinion on why I am highlighting it or why I really loved it or why I think other people should check it out if they haven't. You know, that is what this episode is for. And out of the list of dramas that I've watched this year, I'm looking at uh, being around uh, probably over 30 dramas so far that I've watched. And, you know, I'm, that's kind of a rough ballpark. <laughs> and I, out of those 30 or, you know, 30 or so K-dramas, I'm actually going to be highlighting around about 13. Not a lot, right? Not too much. And I'm doing that on purpose because, again, some of these dramas are not ones that are my favorite by any mean, but they're still dramas I want to say, hey, I don't know if enough people talked about this drama or I don't know if enough people watched this drama or enough people gave this drama a chance. And I think it probably should have, you know, been watched by more people, that kind of thing. Um, So that's what I'm going to do. And it's not a long list and I'm not going to go into any extensive details about these dramas. I'm not going to go into synopsis or summarizing or recapping or actually reviewing. I'm just going to give you some of my reasons for why I want to highlight it and why I want to bring it to your attention at this point of the year. Now, before I get, okay, I'm sorry, I'm taking so long to get into the list, but I have to kind of preference a lot of this because I feel like I don't want people to think that I'm just listing my favorite dramas of the year. No, (laughs) no, I'm not. Some of these dramas are not my favorite dramas of the year, but I want them to still be on people's kind of radar if they haven't, if they're not on your radar. Okay, so let's get into some of these dramas, all right? So I'm actually gonna start with the drama that started in December and ended up ending in January, but I'm gonna count this on my kind of 2023 list because it was in December and went into 2023, but also because a lot of people didn't end up getting um, access to it or ended up 
ending up watching it until it was actually moved to Netflix. Um, and even then, a lot of people didn't watch it. And then there are people who watch it and completely panned it. But that's not the point. So I wanted to highlight this drama because at the beginning of the year, this was one of my favorite dramas that I had watched. I really was like, this is my favorite right now. And everyone else is like, gonna have to knock this out of the top. And if you, when you hear the drama that I'm about to say, you're gonna laugh you're gonna laugh but I loved this drama this year um and I don't I don't know why everybody else hated it so much but I loved it um and this drama is Unlock My Boss yes I talked about this in the very very beginning of the year because I had just started watching it and I was just telling you guys briefly in another ramblings and musings like the first one of my first episode of the year I um was mentioning how I was just like really impressed by this drama so far. I was really enjoying it. And I don't even know why I started watching it, but I'm, I'm liking it, I'm loving it. And I finished that drama still feeling that way. Like I absolutely enjoyed it. I loved it. I thought it was like, I thought the world of it. And I don't again know why no one else liked it. <laughs> but it is this kind of sci-fi techie kind of, um, Ad, you know, webtoon adaptation drama. And it has like mystery and kind of involved in it. It was short, you know, 12 episodes. And I loved it. I don't know what it was. And there's this element of found family in this drama as well that I think was just a trope that I fall for each time. I think that the cast itself was amazing. I was so so happy with a lot of the people that were actually acting in this drama. I don't know why, but I was just so impressed by the cast. And I loved, loved, loved the performances. And I also think it was a, kind of like a silent, you know, sleeper hit. I think it was a sleeper hit. I don't care what anybody says. It was a sleeper hit. I do feel like maybe the complaints that people had about this drama was more geared towards the length of it. And when I say the length of it, I don't think people were like, oh, it sucks that it was only 12 episodes. Episodes, but I think people were kind of feeling like the way that they wrapped up at the end with the kind of villainess of the story, it was kind of fast, you know, kind of got straight to the point and, and then we were like at the end. And, but even in saying that, I had no issues with it because I feel like this drama for it to be 12 episodes the pacing was spectacular. I thought it was spectacular. I mean, it was a, a mystery in, involved in this story. So from the very beginning, we're trying to kind of find out, we're working with our lead characters to find out what happened to the CEO of this company and why he's stuck inside of his phone. He, you know, why is he inside of his phone kind of thing? And in figuring out that mystery, I feel like they didn't drag it on. Like every episode, I feel like there was reveals to the truth behind this kind of CEO who was CEO of this kind of tech company stuck inside of his phone kind of thing. I feel like we kind of got reveals all the way throughout. And so when we got to the end, we were ready to wrap it up. We really were. We had gotten everything that we really needed. So I thought the pacing was beautiful um, and I loved how it ended. And I, I, I couldn't have saw it ending any other way. There's this other element to this drama that was one of my favorite, again, was the found family trope. And in particular, it's because we have this um, lead character, um, named um, Park In Sung, and he's played by Chae Jong Hyop, and he is this kind of struggling young man who's trying to find work. He wants to be an actor, but he can't get a you know acting gig, so he's just trying to go get a regular job like everybody else. And in the process of him kind of struggling to find a job, he ends up finding this phone that happens to say that it's the kind of um, kind of physical embodiment of the CEO of this big tech company. And after finding this phone, he ends up taking on the role of the lifetime as in he pretends to be this kind of um, replacement CEO as he starts to take over the company and the steed of this, the CEO who is stuck inside of his phone. And watching this character take on this kind of role, 
we get to see him do that in regards to his the relationship to the uh, secretary of the CEO. We see how he forms a relationship with her. We also see him infl- infiltrate his family, his actual home. He ends up living in the CEO's home and the CEO has left behind a little girl, a young daughter. And of course, he becomes kind of feeling fatherly figure for her. And it's just so adorable to see. <laughs> and he doesn't have a, um, and her mother has passed when she was, you know, before she was born or, or yeah, I think when she had already been born, but she had died. Um, and so the the secretary who's the CEO of this boss who's now kind of taking on the guide for our in-son character she ends up also filling in this kind of motherly role as well for the daughter so they kind of form this little unit but then there's my favorite character of this drama and it's actually um, a character named Mapi, <laughs> and he is kind of like a lone shark who is after, um, or who I want to say he's after, but he basically is following our secretary of the CEO, Stayan. She basically owes him tons of money. She's dealing with a lot um, after the, the loss of her own mother, and she basically is his, you know, debtee. <laughs> um, she's in debt with him, and he follows her and he is not the nicest in the way that he approaches her and trying to get his money back. But he ends up getting wrapped up into this kind of mystery that these two are solving about this CEO locked into his phone. He ends up taking on this kind of bodyguard role for them. And he too infiltrates the family and he forms this amazing little bond with the CEO's daughter. And it's because, you know, he's he's very mean, you know, he's kind of had this hard exterior. He keeps this really straight face on. He's not a very nice guy on the surface, but when it comes to the CEO's little girl, she can see through that. She completely bypasses how he, you know, presents himself and she gets down and she touches his little heart and he melts you by the end of the, I mean, he melts you and he is, he was my favorite in this drama. I just loved all of that, those aspects of this drama. So I have to say, I loved everything about it. I like the mystery. I like the kind of techie sci-fi element to it with the kind of the, the notion of how the CEO could have been stuck inside of his phone. Uh, I loved that. I also loved, again, the the way that it kind of revealed its ending. Um, I think a lot of people may not have been happy with the way it revealed its ending, but I really liked it. I really, really did. Um, and there's elements to it that broke my heart. I was crying like a little baby. Like it was so much, like there was lightheartedness. There was funniness, but then it got really, really dark and serious at times. And like it, 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 it went there and yet it still kept this, this kind of lightheartedness about it. That was just and so enjoyable and easy to watch. So unlock my boss. Definitely for me, I have to shout it out as one of my favorites of this year. And I, I, I can't, can't help it. You know, I don't care what anyone else says. I loved Unlock My Boss. So yeah, that is my first shout out on our list. Now, let me move on to my next one. So I wanted to shout this one out, not because again, it's my one of my faves of the year. I won't say that it's one of my faves, but I was quite impressed with it. And I, I don't know, I just feel like no one else watched it but me <laughs> in a way, but I really, really enjoyed Big Bet. It was to me quite impressive. It was one of the two parters that we had this year, like The Glory, where it started in December. The first part, eight episodes were released and ended in the beginning of January. Then later on in the year, around March, I believe, it aired as part two, which was the second half of the drama. And this drama stars um, Che Min Sheik, who is just like, you know, a kind of powerhouse in Korean cinema. And so I knew from there, I was like, they got him in a drama? They, they must have, this must be some budget in this. And boy, oh boy, was there definitely budget in this. It's a casino kind of, um, you know, it's ba- I think his actual title is, I like Korean title might be casino or something like that. And it's basically about this, this guy who, takes over the casino world in the Philippines. 
how I don't you know you gotta watch to know but I really really was surprised by the production value of this drama it was huge it was completely like filmed on like you know in the Philippines and which was really cool because it had a lot of Filipino actors as well that were like main characters of the story too so that was really cool it had my baby um Sonsuku in it and he didn't come until maybe like midpoint through the drama and I I'm gonna be honest if I when I talked about this drama initially I talked about how the first like six episodes of this drama I was just bored out of my mind (laughs) I know, why am I shouting it out if I feel like I was bored out of one? But there was a moment there that it just kind of switched for me and I was in it. I was so in it and I was appreciative to, you know, the the fact that I had made it to that point. And I have to say, for that reason alone, I want to shout this drama out. And I think that um, the acting, the performances, top tier. I mean, top tier. I mean, you had <laughs> Jamin Sheik in it. I mean, who, what else can you do? You have like one of the greats in there. So it was just standout uh, performance wise. Um, it was very entertaining once it got hit its stride. Very much, you know, kind of I don't want to say mafia, but there's like murder cases involved and, you know, dirty, dirty dealings and torture and, you know, ransom and heist, you know, it's it's all of that. It's so it's very kind of action packed, Um, but it's still fun. It's still funny and interesting. You know, it's still kind of cool as well. And I just thought it was pretty good. I thought it was very well produced. And I once you get past the first kind of six episodes, it really hits its stride. So I liked it. I, I thought it, they did a great job with it. I, again, don't think it was my most favorite thing ever because I'm not a big fan of things that just kind of like center money as its, its purpose and point. Um, but in general, I think it was very well done and it was very interesting and it was fun and it was kind of cool and fast paced at times. Once it hit its stride, because like I said, it wasn't all like that all the way from the beginning. Um, but once it hit its stride, it was really, really cool. And I and I liked it. And then at the very end, they kind of opened the door um, for it to maybe continue as in like there may be some one else who may continue the story of this big bet and that would be cool you know that would be absolutely cool and I would probably check it out for sure so I just wanted to shout out big bet I talked about it a quite a couple times this year as I was getting through it and I feel like a lot of it was negative (laughs) in the beginning there but I didn't I don't know if I came back and finished up by just saying how I thought it was actually really well done and I was really glad that I watched it this year so shout out big bet Now, let's go ahead and shout out another drama that I did talk very extensively about because I actually did a um, kind of what went down episode about it. So I did actually give my full thoughts on how I felt about this drama, but I wanted to say it again because I think I didn't say exactly this in that what went down episode, but the interest of love, (laughs) you guys. You guys, the ones that were with me through the interest of love, you know, it was a journey. It was a journey. And those of you who threw it out the window within the first couple episodes, I completely understand that. I still completely understand why you did that. It was torturous watching this drama. But I don't think I said this in my What Went Down, and I've finally come to this conclusion months later after thinking back on The Interest of Love that ended around, I think, February at some point. I loved (laughs) this drama. (laughs) I know, I know, I know, I know. You guys are probably like, what? The Interest of Love? I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And I, like I said, I did not express this at the point of me talking about it. And it's kind of a formal episode because I had just finished it and I was still fighting my feelings, (laughs) fighting my feelings with this drama. I was so love hate with this drama all the way through, all the way to the end. And then, like I said, months later, after sitting back down and kind of thinking over my dramas that I watched so far this year, I have to say, I love the interest of love. I loved it. I loved it. If you don't remember, The Interest of Love is the one kind of like slice of life um, 
they called it real, realistic romance story about these four people that work in a bank together. And boy, oh boy, was it, it was a roller coaster. Who, and who would have thought, you know, it, it's about a bank, you know, these employees at a bank. And yet to me, I was so invested in each of the characters. I was so invested in the kind of finding out how it was all going to end. I was so, I really appreciated the ending of this drama. I mean, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. It is not easy to watch. Again, it frustrates you. It makes you want to scream at the screen. I mean, I did scream at the screen multiple times while watching this drama. The characters are so annoying. Um, they're so, so unlikable a lot of the times. There's not many likable characters, if any, in this drama, but there was something about that that just made me want to kind of make sense of them. You know, I want to shake them and find out like, why are you the way that you are? And that led to the investment in this drama and the investment for me really paid off in the end. So I love the interest of love. I did not say that in the what went down. I think I just said it was love, hate, and that I was kind of just like fighting, fighting it the, in the entire time. But after sitting on it after some months, I have to say, I absolutely love this drama. I absolutely love. Would I recommend it to everyone? No, I would not. <laughs> if you don't want to torture yourself, then you don't, yeah, you don't watch this. But if you don't mind a little bit of torture, then this is definitely one um, I think people should check out. So it's based off of a novel, I believe, and it has this, the way that it is, it is filmed, it is so literary and it does it beautifully. And I think whoever wrote it should be very satisfied with the way that the drama panned out. Um, I just think it did, it did the story justice. It really did. Again, frustrating characters, frustrating story, but I, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. (laughs) I'm not trying to sell this drama by any means, but I will say I need to shout it out because I don't think I gave it its fair, um, my fair final stamp of approval by saying I loved it. And I want to say it here loud and proud for everybody because I'm a, I'm the interest of love stan and I'm sticking beside it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Done with that one. Let's move on to the next one. See, I'm moving on. I didn't want this to be a long episode, but I did want to kind of go through you know, as many dramas as I could on my list. So the next drama that I actually want to shout out, and this is one that I definitely didn't talk about at all. I think I made a post about it on IG, but I didn't actually do anything with it as far as an episode or even, I don't think I mentioned it at all. And it is Hit the Spot. Yes. Hit the Spot It's like this kind of short web um, drama. It was like eight episodes and it was like only 30 something minutes each episode, but it was very, very, very risque. It was, um, you know, it had nudity. It was all about, um, you know, it's titled Hit the Spot. (laughs) So there was just a lot. There was just a lot there. Um, And I think that's why I didn't talk about it because I don't talk a lot about stuff like that on my podcast. So I didn't think it had a place. I didn't have a place to talk about it, but I wanted to shout it out still because if you are of age and you don't mind the risque-ness that could be in a form of a, you know, K-drama, you should definitely check out this drama. It is top tier. It is short and it gets to the point, but you get so much from the characters that they set up for you. We have kind of like two female leads and we have two male leads and their kind of relationships with, you know, between the the kind of foursome there. I mean, there's no foursome, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I mean, but you know what I mean? You know, you get to see their interactions and how they kind of um, become a part of each other's lives romantically, but also sexually. And it's just so good. It's so good. And it goes there. There is a new, I mean, there's straight up nudity. There is, there it goes there. Not so much with our leads. Um, it's more like the, the way that the story is set up. There is our, um, there is like a little 
radio show podcast situation. And with that podcast kind of situation, the, the, the ladies will take questions and discuss, you know, all things love and sex and relationships. And in discussing that, they will kind of play out some of the scenarios that they read on the episode, the, the kind of podcast episodes. And it's actually quite... Mm, they show a lot. They show it all. They show a lot. They show it all. So I do want to preference that um, by saying it it goes there. But as far as the you know other cast, they still have their little moments. But it's done very beautifully, um, and it's 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 lovely. It's lovely, and it stars Honey, and she has a knack for picking these types of roles in K-dramas and I love her for it. She goes there, she takes it there, she does not hold back. She will pick up a mature K-drama and and or like role in a heartbeat and I love that about her. Um but yeah, it was it was really good. I really enjoyed it and I wanted to shout it out because it was good. It was so good. Okay. So that was hit the spot. Now let's move on to another drama that I did talk about. I know I gave it its kind of own episode. So it's not that I'm trying to re, you know, say everything here, but I want to shout it out again because I don't know what I, I feel like I've heard mixed things about this drama. I think I've heard people who also kind of were like, oh yeah, that was really good. Then I've also heard people who's like, yeah, I didn't finish it or I didn't like how that ended. You know, I, I heard, I've heard some mixed things about this one. So I wanted to just go put it back out there. Like what I really enjoyed about this drama and the drama is strangers again, or the alternate title was, can we be strangers? And it's this story about a lawyer who is like a divorce lawyer and she herself is a divorcee and her and her ex-husband end up working for the same law firm together. Um, and they kind of, figure out their relationship again. Is it supposed to be a relationship of one um, where they they learn about each other again and form a new relationship as something different? Or is it that they keep themselves as exes and they just kind of squash it and keep it there? So you kind of watch this drama play out with these two exes or these, you know, these divorcees and their kind of marriage and how it went, how it fell apart. And is there a way for them to come back together again? And I, I was nervous about this drama. I was so nervous about this drama. It was another short drama. It was only 12 episodes. I think, um, yes, it was only 12 episodes. And I was very nervous about this drama because I do not like, and I said this when I talked about this drama before, I do not like, I'm not a big fan of, um, friends to lovers or, exes to lovers again you know I don't I don't like those stories at all I don't like kind of established relationships that you build up again or you tear down again like I don't really I'm not very fond of those and so I don't know why I thought I was gonna you know like this drama <laughs> but I do but I do know I watched it because I am such a Kong Soda fangirl and I wanted to support her in this drama so I wanted to give it a shot and I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad that I did. I think this drama did exactly what I wanted it to do. It ended the exact way that I wanted it to end. And I was shocked by it. I knew for a fact that this drama was just going to be one of those other kind of exes to lovers again dramas that I ended up being annoyed with by the end of it. And that was not the case with this one at all. I think they did it in a new way. I think they approached Exes to Lovers again in a kind of fresh look, fresh way. And again, with the 12 episodes, the length, it was perfect for this drama. It did not prolong the kind of back and forth and the push and pull between these two exes and kind of like, will they, won't they? It didn't prolong that. Um, and we get at the end, you know, this kind of, like I said, resolution that I was surprised by, but I was so satisfied with. So I really, really, really appreciated this drama because it did something new for me with these types of dramas, this exes to lovers types of dramas. I appreciated that. Um, and I think the lawyer kind of law legal setup, I enjoy, as you guys know, <laughs> I am not a, I'm a big fan of it these days. And so I did enjoy the cases. I thought they were so well done. They were, it was very well written. It was very smart the way that they used the divorce cases and kind of wove in our lead character played by Sora. Um, they, they weaved in her personal life and how she experienced her divorce and her relationship with her ex-husband. They weave that in 
beautifully. Um, and even her parents' situation, like her parents also are going through their own thing and it all is connected. These cases don't feel one-off and disconnected from the overarching story or our lead character. She doesn't just feel like a lawyer in a courtroom with these cases just kind of sporadically throughout the drama. They all make sense and blend in beautifully with her overarching story. And that again was well-written and smart. And I have to say, come on guys, give it up for Strangers Again, okay? It was so good. Give it up for Strangers Again, guys. It was so good. So I know, like I said, some people weren't the biggest fan of it, um, maybe because of the ending, but I thought it was perfect. It was perfect for me. So I had to shout it out again as one of the kind of dramas that I think maybe people slept on or people just, you know, didn't even bother checking out, <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. I really did. It was very smart. It was very well written. Um, and I, I and I think the only the other thing, only thing I would say that people I would at least would say was a little kind of like mm, was the side couple situation that was a little kind of haphazard, a little bit like just thrown in there to me. It worked in the end, but it it didn't feel as important to me as the rest of the story did. So. That was just a, that's a little, little negative there. But overall, huge shout out to this, this drama, Can We Be Strangers Again or Strangers Again. All right. So keep this thing moving. And I, like I said, I'm moving along quickly because I didn't want this to be a super long episode. But the next drama that I'm going to actually shout out is love to hate you remember love to hate you netflix 10 episodes it was in february all dropped at once kind of thing i really 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 love this drama i'm not gonna lie i was so shocked by how how much of a like a fun rom-com throwback it was like it was so good it was so good it was literally this kind of love hate um you know relationship set up between an attorney and a top actor you know kind of scenario and it was such a rom-com like it was it it gave me like 2000s rom-com and I appreciated that I always love a good what I feel like a a shout out or a throwback or a call out to a a, another time when it comes to some of these dramas that gets dropped and so it wasn't anything completely new in saying that I know it wasn't anything new underneath the sun but it was so fun it was so good the chemistry between our leads were great I love their little love story it worked out the way that the story played out in the end it was just so satisfying I loved every element of this drama and I again would recommend it to people who uh, don't watch really cave dramas who don't watch cave dramas but want a good kind of like fun rom-com setup this would definitely be a, a cave drama I would throw at at anybody um but yeah love to hate you super cute rom-com very familiar setup and tropes but I got it. I loved it and I thought the performances were great I loved our performances so 10 out of 10, I would highly recommend. And I wanted to shout it out again because I feel like people forgot about it. And if you haven't watched it yet, you got to go back and watch it. I'm serious. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Okay, so moving right along, I am going to shout out a drama that I did talk about um, on my podcast. I gave it a Let's See What's Up episode and I also talked about it its ending within another Ramblings and Musings episode. I didn't give it its own kind of what went down one. So I wanted to kind of come back on here and give my kind of final thoughts on this drama. Cause again, I didn't do that properly. I want to do that with Call It Love. So Call It Love was this Disney Plus drama, uh, 16 episodes, and it was my little, um, how would you call this? It was such a quiet, quiet moment for me this year. Like I love the quietness that this drama put me in when I would be watching it. Like it kind of quieted everything else going on. Um, and it just kind of let me sit in quiet with the characters because the drama was just so quiet. (laughs) Um, It was kind of, it wasn't a slice of life, I would say, off the bat because there was this um, setup 
about this revenge plot in a way. And the revenge plot doesn't last very long because our lead character played by Lee Sung Kyung ends up falling in love <laughs> with the guy that she's trying to quote unquote um, exact revenge on. And he's played by Kim Young Kwang. And their adorableness and their kind of like miserable, miserable lives, like they come together this with this misery loved company kind of set up and it's just so soothing to watch not that they're miserable but that they can come together and allow each other to kind of be even in the worst you know the, even in their kind of depressed miserable worst moments they still when they're together they sit and they just are able to just be and you can see that on the screen and it's with their interactions and it's so quiet and it's so subtle but there's something very soothing about that and I loved loved watching this drama just for that but then this drama also has one of my faves um Sung Joon in it and it has one of my other faves in it, um, Kim Ye Won, and they are kind of our second lead couple. They're, oh my gosh, so cute together. <laughs> They're so cute together. I when I tell you the 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 love, the romance that is in this 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 drama is so subtle. It's so subtle and quiet, but to me, it was so moving and beautiful and I just wanted to hug all of them and it's one of the most beautifully shot dramas of this year when I tell you cinematography is just oh the coloring the tone of this drama is just beautiful it's like this this subtle mutedness all around from the way that it's shot from the coloring of this of this drama from the acting from the the dialogue oh my gosh it is just so soothing and I would highly recommend it if you're in a mood for something um quiet because <laughs> it quiets you down it quiets quiets your entire life down in a way like I said every time I would watch it it was like a quiet day in my week you know it was like a quiet two days in my week and I really really loved that so when it finished I missed it I really really missed this drama so I wanted to just say I highly recommend this drama if you don't mind more subtle quiet almost slice of lifestyle dramas with some amazing um I don't want to say sad characters but there is this sadness among some of our characters that even though there's a sadness there it's not a sadness that completely drags the mood of the drama down uh, with it so just love it love it love it love it would highly recommend it not for everyone by any means but for me it was definitely um one of kind of my faves this year for sure and that was call it love all right now let's move on to another drama that i did not give its own standalone episode i think i might have talked about it in a let's see what's up or like a ramblings and musings like in passing but i didn't actually you know what, I did go and give you my final thoughts on this in a Ramblings and Musings episode, I did. But I wanna shout it out again <laughs> because I think it went under the radar. I think it did. Um, but this was The Secret Romantic Guest House. I don't think we've had a lot of Seguk or historical um, dramas this year thus far. And I love having one always in my kind of rotation. And I feel like I'm currently in the space where I don't have one and I don't usually like that. Um, but I really, really, really appreciated this one um, for Seguk for historical drama. I think it was and I think I said this in my kind of recap of it or my final thoughts about it. I said that it was a solid drama. I, when I said solid, I mean from beginning to end, the writing, the directing, the story, the acting, everything for me was just solid. Like I couldn't find anything that I wanted to just completely kind of cut down and say, yeah, they could have done that better. I just feel like it was consistent from beginning to end. I guess I felt like it was solid from beginning to end and I didn't see much fault <laughs> with it at all. I thought it was a, a, such an enjoyable Seguk. There was a lot of like fun lightheartedness with the playfulness between the, the chemistry of our leads. I thought they worked 
so well together. I even said this, I said that I would love to see all of them in some kind of drama together again, or like some combination of all of them, because I just love them. We had Shin Ye Eun, who's been rocking it out this year. We had um, Ro Eun in this. We also had the double dimpled, as I called him multiple times, double dimpled Jung Gu Ju, looking beautiful. Um, and then we also had Kang Hoon, who also is amazing. And I just, I'm like, they were all so good. <laughs> they were all so good. And their chemistry was so, so apparent. So, so, so apparent on the screen. You could tell they enjoy working with each other. And there's this bromance scenario with the three of the guys. And then you don't have a love triangle really set up. It looks like there's supposed to be a love triangle in the beginning there, but it kind of gets cut down. Um, and so you don't have to worry about that. So like I said, everything about this just was like, Yes, check, 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 check. It had so many great elements to it. The historical, the kind of hidden identity, the um, long lost secret brothers kind of set up. The, um, we have even um, a prince and a watchman, you know, his watchman who, who risked his life to protect the prince. You know, like, come on, like, come on. Is this not some of my favorite things all in one drama? But love this drama. If you like Seigooks, you will really enjoy this. I'm serious. If you like historical, you would really enjoy this. It's not anything too uh, stressful of a drama, I would say, because I feel like some Seigooks can get a little soap opera-ish, but this one isn't as stressful. Like I said, it keeps it kind of solid all the way through. It doesn't go too far in any one direction, like, you know, overwritten love triangle or um, a super depressing um sad prince story like no it's all it's kind of even across the board so i really have to say the secret romantic guest house is my kind of top say gook or historical thus far this year and i did try a few others this year and i did not get through the others i didn't finish the others so if that tells you anything i finished this one and i love say gook and i love historical and i can finish quite a few other ones this year but this one was easy super super easy and that drama again was the secret romantic guest house okay so we're almost done and and what i'm wrapping it up with you guys are going to be like okay not this one and but yes this one i'm not wrapping it up just yet but these two i'm going to go ahead and get out the way because i've talked extensively about both of them they both got a what went down episode but i have to shout them out one more good time so i can stake my claim on these for the year so that would be duty after school and tell of the nine tale 1938 so both of these dramas i deemed after Unlock My Boss, <laughs> my favorite dramas of the year so far. I still want to say Duty After School might be slightly above Tell the Nine Tell, but not really at all. They're just so different, so I can't even really put them, you know, compare them kind of thing. But I thoroughly, thoroughly, and these two I adored. I adored, I adored, I adored. Duty After School shook me to the core. I mean, it literally shook me to the core. I cry like a baby. I mean, this drama had me hooked. I was absolutely hooked. And if you don't remember, Duty After School is the kind of um, alien invasion, sci-fi, um, I think webtoon adaptation that where the high schoolers are being trained to fight against these aliens who have invaded the earth and they're just high schoolers and they have to pick up guns and start to fight these aliens. And obviously, again, as someone who does not like sci-fi, as someone who does not like anything about like, a, you know, apocalyptic and alien invasions, the end of the world, like I don't enjoy those stories at all because I just know it is equal sad. So I avoid them typically. But for some reason, this drama had me in a chokehold. I have never in my life watched this type of drama and been so invested and felt so much for the characters that I was beside myself <laughs> through 
every episode I was beside myself but I love duty after school and right now like I said it's like my favorite drama of the year the way that I felt watching this drama the way that it had me in a chokehold the way that it left me feeling after I finished it that is to me all signs of top drama of the year but I think the thing that makes it stand out the most for me right now is that it, it is least the one of the least likely types of dramas that I would have had that reaction to. It had everything going against it in terms of dramas that Lola would watch. I mean, it had every it had strike after strike after strike. But for some reason, this drama reign is reigning supreme right now, and that is how I know. It is one of my favorites. It's one of my favorites because it should not have been one of my favorites with all that I hated about it um, or all that I thought I would hate about it. I ended up loving, absolutely loving. So shout out to Duty After School for being my unlikely favorite of the year. And then the same would tell the nine tailed again, horror, 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 horror. <laughs> I don't like horror. And season one of Tell the Nine Tell, I bashed. I mean, I never talked about it in the episode. Obviously, because I started it. I started my podcast right after I think I finished Tell the Nine Tell the first season, but I didn't talk about it. And I was not a big fan of Tell the Nine Tell until like the last, like not even last half, like the last four episodes of the drama. I really started to love it very much at the end. And I said it was because they made our kind of Iran character his character just completely stole the show and it took me by storm and I loved it. And his character returns and tell the nine tailed and he does it again for me. He completely steals the show for me. And I loved everything about this, this horror, you know, historical fantasy. I loved everything about it. Loved everything. I mean, from the beginning episode, from the opening, from the opening of episode one to the very end, ending of this drama I loved it there was not an element to the story that I did not love it was comedic at times there was horror that was done not as terrifying as I believe the first season was the fantasy element of it um the the character building that it did with new characters that we had to be introduced to they did a beautiful job with those characters our Edong he is still standout one of my favorite characters of the year um by far and I just I loved it I loved it I loved it I loved it and again it was unlikely I it did not it was not one that I believed would be a drama that I would have put so high up on my list of dramas this year yet it ended up there and I have to shout it out again for that reason and again this is just for me to later note when I'm talking about my final draw you know my favorites of the year and all that kind of stuff at the end of the year like I do I'm just plugging this so if something comes and knocks these two off of their after their kind of throne man they just know just know that must they must be the best drama that's ever been aired okay I'm, I'm exaggerating, but you know what I mean? So those two, I had to quickly shout out, but I have talked extensively about them and a what went down episode for each. So please, if you want to hear me go even more in depth about these two dramas, please check out their own episodes. Again, Duty After School and Tell of the Nine Tale 1938. Okay, so another drama that I want to shout out, and we're getting to the very end here. I promise you we are almost done with this episode. I want to talk really quickly about my perfect stranger now who watched my perfect stranger (laughs) okay like who watched my perfect stranger i feel like the people that watched it enjoyed it and the people who didn't watch it i'm like why didn't you watch it (laughs) why didn't you watch it i need to know but i have to say i did not talk about this drama and um in detail, I think beyond like a let's see what's up, I think I didn't go into much detail about it, you know, while I was watching it. And then I definitely didn't follow up after I finished it. But I absolutely enjoyed My Perfect Stranger. Every week, I looked forward to the episodes. I was kind of on the edge of my seat. If you've heard me talk about it, I described it as, you know, Back to the Future <laughs> K-Drama addiction, because we have these two lead characters, 
to go back to the year 1987 and to kind of solve this murder mystery because in the future, um, our lead character, Hey June, he is killed by this, you know, this murderer. So he wants to catch the murderer back in 1987 to avoid his own murder in the future. Um, and they have this time, he has this time traveling car. Um, and we don't even know where this car comes from through most of the drama, but he has his time traveling car. He ends up pulling in, um, a character, Yu Young, played by Kiju. Um, and they go back to 1987 and there she meets her mother and her father. And in the future, she has lost her mother. Her father has been kind of a deadbeat all her life. And she just kind of doesn't have this ideal situation with her family. So when she gets back to 1987 and sees her mother and her father, she wants to kind of keep them separate. She doesn't want them to be together. And yet they all get involved or kind of enthralled or wrapped up in this very um, shocking case in this small town. Now, the thing about this drama is that it is so dark. This is a murder mystery, as in there are multiple murders um, and it's gruesome and sad. And I was just like, whoa, (laughs) this is really dark. But there is this really kind of... um, sweetness involved in this drama because of the kind of parents being younger and our kind of lead characters getting to interact with their younger versions of their their parents and family and so there's a sweetness to it but then there's also this really dark and heaviness to this serial killer who's you know going around and and murdering these young women you know it's just really heavy but it was like I was on the edge of my seat, like a good murder mystery would do. I mean, it was a very good example of a murder mystery. Now, wherein lied the problem, I think, if there would be a problem, would be kind of this kind of um, time traveling scenario, because with the time traveling, there's like a lot of unexplained about it through most of the drama. Like we do not know very much about how the this they have this kind of time traveling car, where it came from, who who created it. We don't even have any rules about the time travel. Like if we do this, you can't do that. You know, if you do this, then this will change. Like you don't really have many of those rules. You just kind of get thrown into it and you just kind of go with the flow. And I think that worked for most of the drama because the murder mystery was so much more important. Like they were just trying to solve this murder mystery and that's where your focus was really on and again rightfully so and then at the very end of the drama we do get this moment where they have to kind of explain (laughs) away like how did this even come to be how were they able to be put in this position to go back in time in the first place and what did it really mean for their future when they if they can return to the future that kind of thing and they explain it but it's not to the ability of like to this point where you're like super like convinced kind of thing but again by that end of the drama you all I cared about was this murder mystery being solved and kind of them having um, some resolution so that they can go back to their lives in the future with peace and we get that and we really really get that so by the end when we don't have a when we have that kind of haphazard explanation about the time traveling and all of the in the time traveling car I kind of just looked over it (laughs) just kind of looked over it it did not take away from my overall satisfaction with that drama or my overall enjoyment of watching that drama like I said it was a murder mystery done extremely well I like the time traveling aspects because with me it gives you the the opening for um not mistaken identity, but hidden identity, as in they can't reveal who they really are to these people that they actually know. So I loved all that aspect of it as well. And there is this element um, of romance that gets thrown in there at some point. And for me, it makes sense by the at the end of it, and I appreciated it, but there is a moment when I was watching it where I was like, this could have worked completely without a romance. It really, really could, but they tied it really closely to the the explanation for the time traveling component so then I had to excuse it (laughs) but again you know that is 
I'm picking at straws. I overall enjoyed this drama and I didn't find too much um, not enjoyable about it. Like I said, besides the fact that it was super dark at times, but it was very, very interesting. It kept you on the edge of your seat, kept you coming back for each episode. Um, There were some twists and turns here and there, but nothing that threw you completely off track. And I was quite impressed by it, quite impressed. So Definitely would recommend My Perfect Stranger, but brace yourself for the darkness of the murdering and all of that. But it is a solid, solid drama and I would highly recommend it. And I would I would hope people, more people gave it a chance because I liked it. I really, really did. <laughs> and I think the director, um, I don't know who the writer is, um, but I will say the director, I didn't know much about them, but I believe it's a... a Uh, I think a a female director and I think she just did a great job. I think she did a great job. So just wanted to shout that out. Really, really enjoyed it. And I think other people would enjoy it if they gave it a chance. I really do. I really do. So that is my perfect stranger. Now to round this up, I'm going to finish off really quickly with shouting out agency. So I did a quick episode about, um, a quick pop-off episode about agency, and I wanted to do another quick shout out to it. It is starring Ebo Young and it was, I think only until maybe a month or so ago that I got a chance to actually watch it. I know it aired at the very beginning of the year, but I didn't get a chance to watch it until it was released on um, on Netflix and Vicky. And I was waiting for it. I was like, I was hoping and wishing and praying that they would release it somewhere where I could actually watch it. And I was not disappointed at all. I thoroughly enjoyed this drama. And in my quick pop-off episode about it, I think I highlighted the fact that it did a wonderful job at showcasing a character who is dealing with mental health issues tied to what it means to kind of work and be in a career and kind of grow yourself and 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 feel like you're doing and being something and this kind of career aspect and I really really appreciated that look and that approach and I think they did a great job at kind of like setting up that character and I also mentioned that this was very it, the way that it, way that they set themselves up, they opened the door for potentially continuing the story, and I think that was done well. Because a lot of times, I always kind of complain about the fact that they're trying to do part ones and part twos of K dramas or like season one, season two, but what they're really doing is just splitting a drama in half, <laughs> and they're not actually preparing from the beginning or the inception of the drama to write out multiple seasons, which that's how you do it. You know what I mean? You don't write a show with uh, fingers crossed. Um, you know, not even fingers crossed. You don't start writing a show with no idea or no plans for future seasons if you're not trying to do future seasons. And I feel like the problem with K-dramas is that they're not used to doing futures, you know, multiple seasons. And then at some point it gets good and people are really into it and they're like, can we do a season two? And so by the end of that drama, you can see them shifting things around at the last second to kind of open a door potentially for a season two or part two, whatever they want to call it. And it's never done well. It's very obvious and and transparent and it's just like you didn't do that right but then I feel like there may be some dramas that are coming in from the very beginning that in its inception is and they're starting to say hey I have multiple seasons for this story I think I can see this story played out in these multiple different ways beyond this first first season and I think agency might be one of those I really do feel like they set this up um for continuation if need be. Will they? I don't know. I haven't heard anything about a season two yet. I mean, if there is, you guys will let me know, but I definitely think they could do it if they wanted to, and they might have already set it up to do so. So I would be back for season two for sure if they did that. Um, And of course, performances top tier. You got Bo Young killing it, killing it, leading this drama and killing it. Um, Just overall, loved it and it's a you know it's a workplace drama and so it's about an ad agency um and i love when you do workplace dramas and the workplace life itself the work that the people are doing in this workplace are interesting and they don't make it feel like a bore or a drag 
while I'm following the working of these these characters. And I feel like they did a beautiful job with that. They made it so interesting and I was so invested and they did a wonderful job of showcasing, I think, how ad agencies really function. Um, similarly to how I feel about the interest of love, I think the, this bank <laughs> workplace that we got to see in the interest of love was so well done. I was so interested in the bank, <laughs> in a bank that I've ever been. And I just was like, see, that's how you know you did something right when you when you can make a bank interesting, okay? But either neither here nor there. That is agency. I wanted to shout that out because I just recently kind of said my piece about it, and I think it was a good one. I think a lot of people would enjoy it if they gave it a try. Now to round this off, I'm almost done, I promise you. But to round this this episode off, I actually want to shout out a Korean BL drama, and. This is going to be funny too, I most, because if you watch Korean BLs, you know that the one that everyone's talking about or everyone talked about earlier, this earlier half of the year was the eighth sense and people loved it. I mean, people were, everybody was talking, everybody was talking about the eighth sense. I was talking about the eighth sense. So I know that everybody was gung ho about the eighth sense. But for me, that was not my favorite Korean BL of this first half of the year by any means. My favorite Korean BL for the first half of this year is a drama called Our Dating Sim. And I talked about this briefly at the very end, like I'm doing now, at the very end of a Ramblings and Musings episode earlier this year, and I'm doing again in this episode, so forgive me, Our Dating Sim. But I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed this little short um, Korean BL. It is about, um, it's so, so cute. It's so cute. I can't, I can't say more about it than it's cute, but basically it's this, this kind of story about these two um, young guys who knew each other in high school. And one of them happened to have a crush on the other and at the very very end of them like getting ready to graduate and go on with their lives he kind of like confesses um kind of you know haphazardly and then they go their separate ways and the the one that gets the confection it's like kind of like mystified by the fact that he doesn't get to follow up with this with this 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 guy who was actually his friend and he doesn't get to kind of follow up but then they end up meeting up again um later on in their lives at the same kind of um at work and one of them is a kind of graphic designer and the other one is a video game designer and so they come together as in they're working on this video game together and then obviously their relationship forms from there but the cutest thing about this drama besides the two leads they're adorable but besides that is the fact that the story itself has this video game format to it where at the end of each episode they have this like little video game um, version of the past with the two of them as in when they were in high school and they kind of show a little scene or a little scenario of the two and their interactions and then on the screen you get to see like should you know should he do this or should he do that and you kind of they, you get to see which one you know you click on or you pick as the choice and it's just so adorable to watch like that was some of my favorite parts of that of that drama was watching the ending scenes of this like video game of the past for them and I loved it. I ate it up. I thought it was genius. I thought it was smart. It matched perfectly with the overarching story or tone of the drama. And I just think it was a, a smart one and a, a cute and witty uh, BL that I don't know if a lot of people gave a shot and they should have if they haven't. It's so cute. Um, but yeah, definitely to me was my favorite Korean BL so far of the year. Not, I, I've talked about our eighth sense and a blog post and I go into my, my real feelings about it there. Um, beautiful to watch wonderful soundtrack but there i had some qualms with that I had, a little, I had a little bit of qualms I had a little bit of qualms with it but our dating sim was definitely um a standout for me so shouting out our dating sim again all right so that's it guys i think i got through all of my kind of 13 i think i got everybody uh these are definitely dramas that i again some of them favorite of the year. Some of them absolutely love. Some of them completely solid all the way through. Definitely more people should give it a shot. And um, 
and yeah, I liked I liked them all. I liked them all. Some of them I absolutely loved, but a lot of these I really really enjoyed. And I would love it if I could hear from you guys some of your standouts or shout outs of K-dramas so far in this year um, at this kind of July midpoint-ish of the year. Let me know what dramas you're thinking back on and that you think out of this year stood out for you. Um, Did you have any comments about the dramas that I have on this list? Is there any of these that you haven't watched and you're like, maybe I should give it a shot. Let me know so I can give you some more encouragement (laughs) to do so. If you so need it, let me know. But I am glad I was able to kind of get this list out. And if you like this episode and you like me doing something like this, let me know because it just kind of encourages me to do more things that you want to listen to besides of things that I just do for myself. (laughs) I feel like a lot of times I'm like doing this for me, like future me. I want to make an episode for future me. And so this is that type of episode. But I also think if you guys um, enjoyed listening to this, let me know, let me know. And one other thing, and if you're still listening, this is um, about the kind of I don't know. I could have done this at the beginning of the episode, but I think I'll just do it at the end here and then I'll mention it again in the next episode. But I am going on a little vacation um, soon for the podcast. We're going to kind of go quiet for a couple weeks. And that is just so that I can have a vacation myself. I've never had a full on kind of shut down for the podcast. Usually I'm always, I've always kind of you know, been up, up and moving <laughs> with all of the new airing or currently airing dramas, but I'm actually going to go a little quiet uh, for a couple of weeks. And so I won't be talking about any new airing, currently airing dramas. And I'm going to struggle through that because I'm actually going to try my best not to watch any. I know, I know. How am I going to do this? How am I going to survive? I don't know. Um, but I do have a lot of dramas that I need to go back and watch. Um, not from this year, just like in general in my life. I need to go back and pick up some dramas that I need to, you know, watch. I have dramas that I have promise I would watch with people. So I need to go do those, you know, so I'm using this time to actually get some dramas and that I haven't gotten in and I, and I wanted to get in, but then I'm also using this time to get out some different types of episodes to y'all. So I am trying some things out and I want to, um, during these weeks that I'm not actually recording, I want to be posting some episodes that I already have recorded and they're not like my usual episodes and that the topics and things are gonna be a little bit different. And I want to put those out so you guys can have something during my little hiatus, a little vacation, but it won't be like my normal content. So I was, I'm hoping to get your feedback on it and see how you like it, because if you like it, then I'll just do more of it for you all. Um, but I'm excited about it because again, I, um, I'm trying something out, just trying to see something, trying to do something different. And I'm trying to give you something more here at Lola pops off about K dramas podcast. I'm trying to give you a little bit more. Um, and so I would love to hear your feedback from it once I get it out. And again, this vacation is going to be looking at um, most likely um, starting at the end of July. So around July um, 24th, all the way to August 14th, I believe. So we're going to be doing like a full kind of two weeks, sorry, sorry, four weeks, um, a month type of vacation. But I still plan on having episodes out for you but just not about currently, um, you know, Aaron dramas, because I won't be watching any. I know, I know, I know. I mean, I'll be finishing the ones that I'm watching currently, but I won't be starting any new currently airing dramas until I have gotten through my vacation or my little hiatus, okay? So pray for me, because I don't know how I'm going to make it through. I don't know, I don't know, but that's that's the plan. So that's all. That's it for this episode. I want to thank you so much for listening. And whether you're listening in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening, I hope you have a great day. So everyone, it's been real. Lola's off.